Not worry about your future. Oh, that's what I needed. With some reassurance from a fortune cookie. <laughs> <laughs> Michigan University. We're in the same class of 2019. Yeah, baby. Ooh. We that's, are actors. That's how we know each other. Take we it do, away. We do the theater thing. I'm Emily. I am from Houston, Texas originally, but I got a Michigan driver's license, so I guess now I'm from Michigan. My favorite show. Uh, oh gosh, I have a lot. I guess. Probably Violet is my favorite show. I know I was in that show, but also I love that show. So there you go, Violet by Janine Tesori and Friends. I think that's yeah. the perfect way to like explain a production team when you don't know every person's name. <laughs> Janine Tesori and, and Friends. friends. <laughs> All right, go for it. Hi guys. Um, well, as you can hear by the timbre of my voice, I am the one male. Part of this trio. Uh, my name is Jonathan Scotcher Warner. Uh, <laughs> I'm from Kenosha, Wisconsin, but uh, I am. I have just finished up my BFA musical theater, music theater performance at Western Michigan University. Go Broncos! Go Broncos! Uh, and I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to be on this podcast. What's your favorite show? My favorite show. Yeah. Are we talking musical or play? Just your favorite show. In general? Could be either one. Oh my god. I would say my favorite show would be, oh, uh, it's called Dessa Rose with LaShawns and Rachel York. Uh, played at Lincoln Center on Broadway. Not a lot of people seem to know it, but it is a hidden gem. The storytelling that went into that show was superb. Written by Lynn Ahrens and Stephen Flaherty, the music. Uh, and it's loosely based off true events and based off the book by the same title, I believe. Um, and it basically tells the journey of this African-American um, girl in the 1860s um, during the Civil War. Um, and it's pretty incredible. Cool. Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hello, everybody. My name is, my, my real name is Megan Troost. Working on a stage name. Yeah, actors. <laughs> you were serious about that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so, also just graduated from Western with my BFA. Originally from Livonia, Michigan, which is in the Detroit, Metro Detroit area. You know you're from Detroit when you say Detroit. Detroit. I didn't know that. Yeah. You know you're from Detroit when you're from Livonia. <laughs> <laughs> Mouthful campus walk. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, from Livonia, and then what's the question? What's your favorite show? My favorite show is In the Heights. Yeah, can't wait for that movie. 
about this Dis- recent Disney trend of turning animated movies into live action counterparts. I've got to say, I'm not a fan. No, I think it's lazy, especially when there's such brilliant artists in the world that can create more meaningful work than yeah. just reproducing what we already have. Also, because Disney has a lot of resources, so use them. Maybe I probably shouldn't be bashing Disney because I really do want to work for them yeah. someday. Disney's wonderful and amazing. Don't ever change. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am very 50-50 on it. If I'm honest. Can I tell us? Because I say if, you, if it can be done and it tells a great story, you know, yeah. some of the shows that are produced and um, created by Disney, like let's take Frozen for example. It is on Broadway, and I love how they revamped the score, and I love that they brought Broadway people onto the production. Looking at that show and comparing it to every single show on Broadway, it stacks up pretty well. And if a Disney show can stack up to the rest of the, I I guess, the Broadway season, then I say, why not? But the, on the other side, I completely agree that there's so much good theater out there that should be exposed on a much bigger platform like Broadway. But those kind of pieces of theater really live in those like dark spaces and those little places and like the nooks of corners in cities wow. that you just kind of stumble upon. And I love that. Okay, here's a question. How do you prepare for a role? And say, what's the weirdest thing you've ever done? Prepare for a role. Uh, I was in The Crucible and I played Reverend John Hale. Um, And it was weird because we had to grow our facial hair out, but at the time I could really only grow a scraggly neck beard. Oh no. So I looked like a discount pirate from like (laughs) the 1700s. It's not weird, but it was actually interesting. Our director really wanted to keep the consistency of the show and make sure we were always in it. And so there's a part where my character is investigating potential witches in the town of Salem. And backstage between the two scenes, uh, before I went on again, I would write out as many names as possible and have kind of a routine of as if I was preparing to investigate potential witches, which led me into the scene where I was investigating John Proctor and Elizabeth Proctor. I did The Sound of Music in high school. I would meditate before the show because my director was very into this earthy Maria concept. <laughs> it, was, it was a really deep production of The Sound of Music, guys. Honestly, still super proud of it. Um, <laughs> but I would meditate before every show because I really wanted to feel like I was in the mountains. I was committing so hard to the bit. But we had, we had two of the seven Von Trapp children were played by actual children. The other five were played by high schoolers. It began with the two little ones would come and join me while I was meditating. <laughs> I don't think they really knew what was going on. They just saw me sitting on the floor in a cross, like a position breathing. And they, <laughs> and then they were like, that seems like a cool thing to do. So then they joined me and then all the Von Trapp kids joined me and we would all meditate together before the show. We It's not weird though, but we, we went out, me and the Von Trapp kids, we would go out after every rehearsal and do stuff together as a family to Aww. bond. That's not really weird though. I did, okay. But like you were in high school, so it is a little weird. School, it was a little weird. We were really committed to it. And That's awesome. the though. actors that played Liesl and Rolf like went on some fake dates. <laughs> That was kind of weird. They went on fake dates? They went on fake dates Aww. to improve their chemistry. I've That's never intense. gone on a fake date with anybody that I've played opposite. I did a show in college called The Witches of Eastwick. <laughs> and I had to wear basically 
nothing on stage, so... I was right there with you. I just really didn't eat <laughs> for, like, two months so that I would feel good in those hot pants and that spiky bra. That seems to be something, like, what I thought before I became an actor no female actress eats. Well, let's break that stigma. <laughs> I certainly eat food. Yeah. I love food. Any lady actor is allowed to eat whatever she wants. That's true. Back the fuck off. Well, also with Emily, I was in The Witches of Eastwick, and we had this dream sequence that we had to do, and we had to be in these sexy outfits, but <laughs> my outfit was a bathing suit. Legitimately a bathing suit. And then they put me in some dancing heels, and that was my outfit. So to prepare for my roles, my biggest thing is research, but it becomes a bit obsessive where mm. it like consumes every part of my day. Yes, yes. And the strangest it ever got was when I did Grease in high school. Like, we took that shit seriously. Mm-hmm. All the T-Birds and the Pink Ladies, and I was Jan. <laughs> and so one day, we had a night where we legitimately dressed up as our characters for probably 10 hours straight <laughs> and we wandered around Livonia doing stuff as our characters like we went to Steak and Shake because it was like a 50s diner and then we like had a speed chase down the freeway that runs through our town oh my god and then we were at a park at the end of the night around midnight and a cop had found two of our actors in a car and so they called us all back because we were in big trouble for being under the age of 18 and running around in Grease costumes. Wow. <laughs> I've never... That's weird. Yeah. Well, I think you guys have me beat because I don't know if I've ever done anything weirder than meditate or just not eat. So... But you can't eat, everybody. But please eat. What's the weirdest show you've ever done? And actually, besides The Witches of Eastwick, I've done some weird shows, you guys. Yeah. Given that I am just a white small white girl i've done some weird theater i would say that bloody 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 andrew jackson Jackson. (laughs) at western michigan university was it's a very odd show for those of you listening who happen to know it it's a weird show and i played a very strange role so the show is is about the life of andrew jackson told as a garage band rock musical but there's this strange narrator character who's in a wheelchair. Not explained why she's in a wheelchair, but she is. And the reason why I got this role is because I did a weird voice. The director thought that my weird voice was funny. So that was pretty weird. But the weirdest show I've ever done was in high school. I went to a very avant-garde high school. I went to the High School for the Performing and Visual Arts in Houston, Texas. Fun fact where Beyonce went to high school. That's always my fun fact when somebody's like, what's something interesting about yourself? I'm like, I am by proxy connected to Beyonce. Beyonce. H-Town Bow Down. There we go. Anyway, well, I did this production of Eugene Ionesco's The Lesson, um, which is a very strange play because our high school was required to cast everybody in the theater program. Everybody had to be in this three-person show. So we turned it from a cast of three into a cast of 12. And there were a lot of, there were, there was an ensemble because they were like, what are we gonna do with all these surplus actors? Ensemble. <laughs> so uh, they were, the, basically the play is about this professor that kills his students. So the ensemble, they were all the dead students, and all, they just kind of hung out on stage and did weird stuff. 
But I had a speaking role. I was the maid, and we were all in clown makeup, and we were smashing plates and getting on swings and dunking ourselves in water. It was... I, I screamed and threw things. It was really very weird. It was a it was a weird time. And everybody that came and saw the show, because I had just played Maria and The Sound of Music, and they came and saw the show, and they were like, what the heck is this? This girl just played Maria, and now she's screaming and throwing plates and using fake blood. Anyway, it was uh, that was the weirdest show I've ever done. Well, everybody, I'd <laughs> just like to say the weirdest show I've ever done, and listen closely, because it's called Wiley and the hairy man. What? Yep. You heard me. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're all dying to know what that is. Well, it's a little story about a little boy named Wiley. Bit of a hick, bit of a redneck, but... Are you Wiley? No. I was the hairy man. This feels fake. (laughs) Yeah, it made me... It was the... Yeah, Matt, it was the craziest thing. Yep. Yeah, it sounds like it. <laughs> it. So basically, Wiley is like this country boy, very Tom Sawyer-ish, and he is sent off by his mom to go, I think it's your typical like little red going to her granny's story. And so he's on his way to his, like let's say his granny's or wherever, and he has to go through this wood, this um, forest, and it's like a really deep and dark forest, and he gets in there, and he's warned about the hairy man. He's like, who in God's name is the hairy man? And on his journey, out pops the hairiest man he's ever seen. I'm talking like... Sasquatch? Oh, I'm talking like Yeti. And basically the hairy man had an axe with him and basically Wiley gets away. The hairy man dies and all is forgiven. I don't know. That was the weirdest show I'd ever been a part of. All right, so hands down, the weirdest show I've ever done is called Tales from the Basement. Tales from the Basement. Tales from the Basement. (laughs) And it was written by um, a Kalamazoo playwright, and it was basically a compilation of all of his short plays put together into one. And some of them consisted of men being able to detach their penises. What? Um, time traveling by rubbing your facial beard. Um, Why did you do the show? It was directed by Jenna Sugai. And we did it in a church basement, hence Tales from the Basement. Yeah, this was the summer after my freshman year. And some other tales include time traveling. Um, there was a dinosaur skit where people actually walked around in dinosaur costumes but could like talk to each other. And then my scene was um, the body pillow. And I was in love with the body pillow to the point that I like made out with it and had sex with it on stage basically. Wow. Um yeah, and that was like my first paid acting gig actually. Really? This is real theater. This is real f- theater and we did it for a month I think and I was paid $250 and I thought that was when? a big deal. It was very low key. Nobody came and saw it. <laughs> it was sad. Has there ever been a role that you really wanted and then you didn't get it yes because every actor has this story hashtag relatable how many how many times have i experienced this phenomena a lot i feel like we all have right but pick pick the best oh story it was in eighth grade at washington middle school in kenosha wisconsin we were doing a production of godspell 
And boy, did I want to be Jesus. I had the whole audition package memorized, the callback materials memorized, everybody else was reading out of books. I was 13 spry and ready to take on this show. My choir teacher, who is also the director, decided to um, announce the casting in front of everyone. Oh no, And um, terrible. He looks me dead in the eye and says, Adam is Jesus. Oh. And I nearly <laughs> lost it. Right I, that's the closest I've ever felt to being petrified. <laughs> when I was in high school, I really, really wanted to be Kate Monster in our production of Avenue Q. <laughs> and the audition process for this show was particularly brutal. I don't know why, because it, it was a high school production of Avenue Q. Yeah. But I, you know, I went in, everybody... At my high school, we couldn't perform on the main stage until we were juniors. So it was our, our first big audition. Everybody was super nervous. We had to make our own puppets for the audition. So my dad and I went on YouTube and found this video on how to make your own puppet like they have in Avenue Q. And so I spent like two weeks with my dad making this puppet. And so I went into the audition. I sang, there's a fine, fine line. I've got to say, I slayed it. Like, I felt so good about my audition. And then my the director was just like, we just did round after round of callbacks, and I felt like I was on a reality TV show <laughs> trying to cast this production of Avenue Q because she just kept swapping people out. And Because first we did singing, and then she had a bunch of people she wanted to call back for Kate, and then she cut people. And then we did line reads, and then she cut more people. And then finally she posted, like, a final callback list. And there were only three girls, and I was one of them. And And two other girls. And then we get in there, and we're finally doing reads from the show, like, big scenes. And we had this giant packet of scenes. It was, like, every scene in Avenue Q. And so I was reading, and it just wasn't happening. And Like, at, at an earlier point, I had to sing some other song and I had cried and so I was like I'm getting this role I am getting Kate Monster but I just was really really stunk it up I guess and they were like stop sucking (laughs) and I just still kept sucking so instead I I was not offered the role of Kate Monster in Avenue Q instead I was in the ensemble slash because we did the junior version it wasn't even real Avenue Q I was Mrs. Butts, which in the real production, her name is Mrs. Thistle Twat. But in our production... <laughs> and on that note, I must take a break. <laughs> um, her name is Mrs. Thistle Twat. Not in, the, not in the junior production. Her name is Mrs. Butts. I was her left arm. Not the left one. Yeah, I wasn't even Mrs. Butts. I was her left arm. Well, mine is a pretty traumatic story. Um, it took me a couple of years to recover. Um, It happened my senior year of high school. We were doing hairspray. And since I was a senior that year, everyone said I was going to be Tracy for several obvious reasons. And so we go through the audition process, and I'm feeling good. I'm like, got this in the bag. And the director calls me that evening um, and said, I have to tell you something. You did not get the role of Tracy Turnblad. And my world shook. My mom came downstairs because she heard me crying and I told her, and she started crying. I had to go to school the next day, and I found out that a freshman got it over me. Remind you, I am a senior in high school. Hmm. Lost it to a freshman. 
And it was probably the most dramatic and traumatic experience of my casting career, I guess, <laughs> acting. Wow. Um, and it basically essentially ruined my senior year. That's my story, but I'm sure everyone has something kind of like that. Yeah. We are broke actors, but we also aren't just actors. We're no. also people, and we have lives outside of theater. But here's my last theater-related question. What's a role that you never thought you were going to play, <laughs> and then you ended up getting it? I think that would be Snoopy and your good man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> <laughs> That was oh. my final show in high school. Trying to imagine Megan Trudeau's <laughs> and you're going to be Charlie Brown. <laughs> that was my, my big <laughs> moment in high school was Snoopy. Um, I thought I was going to be Lucy. And then the that cast... That makes a lot more sense. Right, right. And everybody always says that they're like, you weren't Lucy. But I played Snoopy and it was some of the most fun I've ever had, but certainly did not expect it. When I was in high school, I did a production of Into the Woods, and I was just so convinced I was going to be Cinderella, and instead I was the baker's wife, which ended up being a lot yeah. of fun, and you know, I'm not going to lie, I mean, maybe I'm biased because I've played her twice now, but... I think you got the better deal. I think she's she's the best character in the show, and she's got the best bits and some of the best music, so... <laughs> Anyway, that ended up being great, but my director like emailed me separately and was like, you did not get Cinderella because we didn't have anybody else to play the baker's wife, and I think you'd be really good. And I, it ended up being wonderful, so I'm glad I got to do it, but I definitely did not expect that at all. I can't say I expected Bloody Bloody Andrew Jackson either. I went onto that audition and I made a weird choice. <laughs> and then I have to get the role. That's every actor's dream. Yeah. And you were like, I have nothing to lose from this audition, so I'm just going to throw whatever I've got at the wall and All hope right. that it sticks, but I have zero stakes in this. And then you get it. That's that's the only time you get it, is when you have when no... When you have no stakes in it. You're yeah. like, there's no way this could happen. And then it happens. And then it happens, and you're like, oh, yeah. I guess i got to go with it. If you could time travel... When would you go? Ooh. Can I just have the machine and go whenever I want? Because there's so many yeah. different times I want to go to. I want to go to the 20s. Yeah. I want to go to Jane Austen's era. Okay. Just for the dancing and the parties. And then I'm going to bail because everything else about that time was terrible for women. Right. Um, I think the 80s could be fun. I feel like 1776 New York City, like Hamilton. Yeah. Look around, look around. <laughs> Or back to theater. Yeah, I can't help myself. <laughs> but that was such an exciting time in American history. Yeah. Like, to be a part of the revolution. Yeah. And also, it was because of the revolution, it was a time of mobility for women. So not to say that things were great for women because they're still not great for women. Right. But, you know, women were doing, they were movers and shakers. Mm-hmm. Angelica, Eliza, Peggy, and Peggy, and Peggy, the Skylar sisters. All so sorry, you guys. We just can't get away from theater. <laughs> we live, breathe, and eat theater. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say I would time travel to the future, because like I know what I happened in the I past. I, I'm curious. <laughs> I want to know. I don't know. I don't know what. I gotta say, I don't really want to know <laughs> because I'm terrified of the unknown. Of 
the world being over by 2050. Okay. <laughs> Valid. However, I feel like I need to know so I can start living my life accordingly. But then also all the ones you said were good too. I, I cool. want to go to the 20s. I feel like that was a rock in time. Yeah, we're about to be in our own 20s in a second. Yeah. Like 2020. Like 2020s? Yeah. Yeah. We're getting there. What's your pet peeve? Chewing with your mouth open Ugh. and making that smacking sound. Ugh. Number one for sure. People, and I know this is contradictory because all, literally all of my friends are actors. Singing under your breath. I knew it. <laughs> Don't know why, but it bothers me so much. Just, it really bothers me, but I can deal with it. But it really, it really does bother me a lot. <laughs> there we go. Cats out the bag. Cats out the bag. I hate when people sing under their breath. A lot. Yeah, I remember one day I was getting ready here, and I was, like, singing, just, like, not even at full volume, just, like, a little a little whisper sing, and I was like, oh, I better stop, so I'm like, doesn't... <laughs> I wouldn't have said anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I didn't want to, like, ruin your vibe, because I was singing. You're just too nice, Megan Cruz. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have any other pet peeves? I have a lot of pet peeves. Yo, yeah, I could go on for days. When people park, like, a butt... Yeah. That that really when it's like the whole parking lot is full and then that one jagweed parks in the middle of two parking spots and you're like seriously right if you had just taken five extra seconds of time to park within the lines I could have had a parking spot yeah for sure that that one also I feel very passionately about that yeah as evidenced by the fact that I just raised my voice a lot it's okay. Um, this is like a little deeper, but I guess like when people can't just be true to who they are so they conform to those who are around them. Yeah, that's annoying. That gets me going. Because I'm like, just be you. Like you're so cool as as you are. Yeah. So why why are you doing this? Personality trait has got you in the most trouble. My mouth. My mouth has gotten me in trouble too. Yeah. But I guess I would say non-confrontation. Okay. I, I avoiding confrontation at all costs, See, running away from I confrontation. I run from my confrontation. At the very hint of any kind of confrontation, I, will, I bolt like one of the incredible children. I will literally leave town to not confront I would, my I problems. would probably give away my possessions to not yeah. have... I, if, if somebody was mad at me, I would be like, you want things? I'll give them to you. Yeah. Just don't be mad at me anymore. Yeah. I don't want to deal with this. What is the best piece of advice you've ever received? The book, You Are a Badass. Yeah, that entire book. That entire book. Advice. changing Also, something that is very applicable that I've noticed, especially this year, is specificity mm-hmm. in all that you do. Because it's true. The more you make things specific in your life, the better the outcome. Yeah. I would say... Something somebody told me a long time ago is that if you really want something in your heart and you know it's what you really, really want more than anything else in the world, then the universe slash God slash whatever you choose to put your belief in will provide for that. It will come to you. You just have to trust that in time it will come if you really genuinely want it. Yeah. I think that has given me a lot of peace. Yeah. And it's also just manifesting, I think, is a part of that as well. Read You Are a Badass. Read. There's a lot of stuff about that, about how the power of manifestation informs your whole life and can just make you more of a badass. 
you had to pick a new name for yourself, <laughs> what name would you pick? Okay, when I was oh, growing no. up, I wanted to be named Victoria so bad. That's a nice name. I don't know why. I was just convinced that if I was Victoria Sherman, life was Ooh. just be better for me. Doesn't that sound like... Yeah. She sounds like a character in Gossip Girl. Yeah. Victoria Sherman. I'm kind of afraid of her, but I like it. I know. It doesn't fit me at all. I'm not a Victoria, I don't think. No. I'm definitely way more of an Emily. I also really like the name Isabel. Okay. But I don't know if I would name myself that. No. I can't see as an Isabel. I don't know. I think I would pick something a bit more grand to, like, fit my personality. Because Megan is, like, girl next door, like, which, I don't know, is kind of fitting. But when I was younger, I wanted to be, like, a Vanessa. Ooh. Yeah. I like Vanessa. Uh-huh. I don't know what I would do now, but something more just, like elegant and strong and powerful but Megan's cool too I like Sophie I think maybe I'd pick Sophie you'd be a good Sophie what would you pick as a last name oh my god I know okay for all of you fans of Cassandra Clare out there I think the last name Lightwood is just so cool Sophie Lightwood doesn't that Ooh, awesome? Kind of sounds like a porn star name. <laughs> what? Sophie Lightwood. You ruined this for me. No. I'm sorry. Like some light wood. <laughs> no, no. Oh, darn. My name has been ruined. I'm sorry. And Sophie, Sophia Lightwood. I don't know. It just sounds like. No. A dirty gal. No. Last names I'm currently working on for my stage name. Oh, this is fun. I have a fun answer for this. Okay. What's the most courageous thing you've ever done? Oh, I got an answer for this. You go first. Okay. Well, when I was two, <laughs> my brother... 1,267 bars. In case you guys didn't figure it out, Jonathan has returned. Hi, guys. Jonathan has just come back. Um, I was at this carnival at my for my brother's elementary school, and he, he and his friend Aaron... We're in line for some game, and some older kid tried to cut them and was starting to bully them. And my two-year-old little tushy walked over and said, Hey, don't mess with my brother and his friend. And I put the fear of God in that second grader, and he left my brother and his friend alone. And my dad said that he watched the whole interaction, and he was like... I'm so proud of my daughter. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> yeah, I, I am gotta say, as a child, I didn't take nothing off nobody. Mm-mm. I did not, I was never interested in flirting with the guys. I was always the kid that was like, I'm gonna be faster than you, I'm gonna race you. <laughs> I was very tomboyish. Oh, really? Anyway, but I think that I was just, even at two years old, I was just so fearlessly willing to stand up for other people. I, and I, I, try to live my life that way without fear it's hard to stand up to people as an adult because you've got a lot of fear and you have a lot to lose yeah but when you're two you got nothing to lose you got nothing to lose Mm -hmm. so you know i think that that's the lesson for us all yeah channel your inner two-year-old channel your inner two-year-old don't let fear define you you got nothing to lose Fear keep you from standing up for the little guy don't let the fear of missing out Striking out. Keep you from playing playing the game. game. For sure, that would have been when I moved to Chicago alone for two months last summer. Yeah. I was 20 years old. 
Alone in a big city. Alone in a big city. That was my most courageous thing I've done yet. If you could ask your pet oh, three <laughs> questions, what would they be? That's not very funny. Oh, oh, first question. <laughs> uh, do you like me? Second question. Are you happy here? Third oh. question. If you want to leave, I understand. That's not a question. Do you want to leave? Okay. Okay, well, Megan's currently on Twitter right now, so I think yeah. we're, we should get close to wrapping this All thing right, up. We need one final big one. Um, cake or pie? Cake. Cake, 100%. Yeah. Why did I even think about that? Yeah. Cake. Thanks for coming out, guys. Super servers, super waiters, and don't be a bad person. Thanks. <laughs> we may or may not do this again. <laughs>